Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Welcome to Jordan, Jesse, go. So glad to have you here. Um, retail consultancy in a podcast. Uh, whether you're doing point of service displays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Point-of-sale displays, which is an actual kind of display. The first one was sort of a trick I was pulling on you. And you know me. I'm here to talk end caps. Yeah, you got it, buddy. (laughs) It's a great way to display merchandise. This is our 500th episode of Mm -hmm. Jordan, Jesse, Go. That is 700-ish hours of talking about POS systems, um, talking about impulse purchases, talking about merchandise and merchandising. And me, I'm all about end caps. Uh, but I have an idea for this week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, kind of a big episode for us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was gonna, I was kind of going to dive into my, you know, the fifth part of my 10-part series, The History of the End Cap. Right. No, you're all about end caps. I know that. Yeah, it's my one thing on the show. Right. I mean, you're the end cap guy. I mean, you branded yourself as such from episode one. Mm-hmm. It's been 10 years we've been doing this. You've done an amazing job making it clear what you're about. I mean, you know my catchphrase. Yeah. It's a great way to display merchandise. merchandise. Right. I mean, we all know your catchphrase. Mm-hmm. But I think 500 episodes in, mm-hmm. instead of talking about retail this week, Let's take this week to sit down with a friend, shoot the breeze, and see what happens. Let a friend the audience... from the world of retail? Well, I don't have any – I've alienated – frankly, this show has Jim, alienated Jim, a lot of my Jim, retail friends. Jim May from the May Company? <laughs> yeah. Now Robinson's and, May. And Frank Robinson of the yeah. Baseball Hall of Famer. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I was thinking – I have a friend named Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, an old friend of mine. Uh, he used to be an entertainer. He used to be uh, oh. a stand-up comic these days. That's glamorous. I know. He, these days he, he writes uh, jokes for a cartoon horse. Ooh. And I thought I'd Double like- Double glamorous. To have him, since, since he's such a fun guy, mm-hmm. um, we'd have him here and just to ask him to tell us some jokes. I like it. Yeah. I like, it's different. Yeah. People aren't, aren't going to get any end cap history. Right. Um, but I guess we can get to part five, the turbulent 70s, next week. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough time for end caps. It was a tough yeah. time for America. Yep. The gas crisis. Right, sure. But also a tough time for end caps, but I think they've endured. Well, I mean, certainly end caps in the, in the time of the fall of the Shah is a topic <laughs> that we could do 75 sure. episodes about. Sure, I well, plan to. We've done 50 of those so far, but mm-hmm. that leaves 25 remaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I well, look, think a lot of end cap material coming up in the coming weeks. But yeah, I'm with you. Why don't we just sit down and talk to um, an entertainment professional? Yeah, and I also can I take a second just before we yeah. get into him. I just want to plug my uh, podcast about Asics sneakers and their end cap technology. <laughs> um, so I just want to that is available on uh, Apple Podcasts now. Great. Our guest is uh, a beloved regular here at Jordan Jesse Go, a good old t- fashioned favorite, 
he was extremely late this time, forgot <laughs> that we were recording our 500th episode, still managed to walk into our part of uh, the loft in which constitutes the Max Fun offices with an open beer already in hand. <laughs> Mr. Nick Adams. Thank you, guys. Uh, I want to talk to you for a second about Squarespace. You know, um, <laughs> independent retailers yeah, uh-huh. use Squarespace right. sure, sure. Right, to connect with really? purchasers, potential purchasers like yourselves. Oh, God. Imagine how rich we would be if we had done 500 episodes of a podcast that was about something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our bad. <laughs> like, like, we do okay on this show that isn't about anything. We do fine. No complaints here. Mm-hmm. Proud of all the people who listen and grateful for their support. Uh, but God, if at the beginning we had just done something related to something sure, that's for sale, sure, you'd be getting that me undies money, man, oh. some seat geek money, yeah, big time seat geek God, money. We should have done. Our, we should have started. People would have thought we were crazy, right? But when we started this wild ride, instead of you know general chatting with you know comedians and other media personalities, mm-hmm. it should have been uh, delivering organic food through the mail. <laughs> yes. If only. <laughs> if only that had been what our show was about. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? I'm buddy? good. I'm good. How are you guys? It's great to so, see you, friend. This is way too many too many episodes of this show. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. You think, think we should do it? You think we should wrap it up? When, you're, when your parents sent you off to <laughs> UC Santa Cruz, yeah. uh, uh, a verdant, secluded, a verdant, warm, a verdant educational opportunity. World. Yes. Just like... They didn't. They knew that their son was going to flower at the other end into a, a competent, useful member of society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had no idea. Like Jordan's. Jordan's mother, for example, is a, a nurse and lactation counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my mother teaches higher education. She's a junior college teacher. Literally the next generation. helping mothers feed their children. Yeah. yeah. About sure. the most useful thing you can yeah. do. Yes. Give, human giving being. life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, helping but... <laughs> helping with the giving yeah. giving of life. Oh. They, were, they were like, honey, I'm going to write this check for you so that you can attend a first-class public university. Mm-hmm. And my hope, I hope beyond hope, that at the end of four long years of hard work and focus in literature and American studies respectively. <laughs> uh, Our parents were talking as one Borg-like being yeah. in this situation. <laughs> That uh, well, they drafted a joint statement. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> they deliver like solidarity. On, yeah, state television. Mm-hmm. Um, they say we hope at the end of four years you will have found the education, the courage, and the wherewithal uh, to say the word "dick" a lot over five hundred mm-hmm. hour plus long programs. Well, in your defense, you have a separate show that does not allow you the freedom to say the word dick. Yeah, sure. that's true. So you needed to come up with another vehicle to get the dick jokes out. Yeah. Me? No excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. I have no right. All you do is just hang around the house. Sure. Saying dick. Saying dick. Mm-hmm. And then I come here, I say it, yep. and I go home, or sometimes to a restaurant and say it. Right. To be fair, you have carved out a career for yourself in one of the few professions where you can say the word dick at work you know, unlimited amount of times in a day, yeah. and nobody bats an eye. Sure, sure. Um, and so ironic because Jordan was originally intended to become a gigolo. <laughs> but yeah, now one of the two. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's interesting. I do think a little bit about you know, and I, I think I'm I'm in a period now of between jobs in show business. No, um, no, no. You're developing right now. I'm developing. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Yes. 
It's uh, all in how you present it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really have started to flower. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm developing breasts. <laughs> That's and I mean. pubes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I, you know, I think I'll probably start working again once I get those pews. Yeah. <laughs> I'll feel more confident in the writer's room well, once like, I have a yeah. hearty bush. Yeah. Especially in the writer's locker room. Yeah. Sure, exactly. I know. The other writers snapping towels yeah. at you. I sometimes, I because I'm embarrassed, I go in the writer's room with my swim trunks on because I don't want anybody to see that I don't have a bush. All You're those like, upper level writers are hairy chested yeah, and just confident. Sure. Yeah, they I probably, worked on Friends. They probably. <laughs> Probably all lost their virginity. Yeah. Oh, in the second season of Carolyn in the City, me and oh, one of yeah. the. I have a girlfriend in Canada. You haven't met her. <laughs> she works on the new Degrassi. <laughs> right. Yes. She works on Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm I'm developing now. I'm mm-hmm. between things. Yeah, I'm definitely taking some time off. Sure. And, you know, and like obviously I know that there are ebbs and flows to a show business career, and this is part of it. A show gets canceled, and, you, you know, you wait for the next one to come around. But I definitely, like, I'm saying that now, but I have, you know, several moments per day where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm doomed. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I had a I, – I was a, a, sh- a sham to begin with. Mm. Everything good that happened to me was an accident. It's over. What do I do? And I, I will have these moments where I weigh my options. I'm like, okay, well, they need more public school teachers, don't they? Oh, no, I have 700 hours of me talking about my balls with my friend from college. And it's easily Googleable. So, like, maybe they'll be okay with that at, like, a Waldorf school. <laughs> like, maybe I... Maybe... You're actually required to do that at certain Quaker schools, at friend yeah. schools. Right. I uh, I have a uh, I have a buddy who is uh, who is in the acting profession who's you know and she's kind of going through a similar time of between things and we were kind of kvetching about it and yeah and the thing I came up with was like well I'm sure they have podcasting classes at the Waldorf schools in Vermont at this point yeah maybe I move there and I start that yeah well I mean that's what kind of socialist paradise they're running sure. On. Yeah, Bernie Sanders made sure there was podcasting yes, classes. Yes, kids at the need Waldorf to start. Schools. Kids, kids start podcasting earlier and earlier. <laughs> and these there's days. free ice cream for everyone. Oh man, God, I can't wait. To the run. fight for 15 is the 15 minutes of podcasting right. yeah. per day for mm-hmm. every child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is what that's about. Thank it. God, <laughs> someone is standing up for that. Yeah. How are you doing, Nick? It's nice good. to see you, bud. I'm good. Um, uh, can no. I? As Jesse alluded yeah. to, you're riding on America's most favorite cartoon horse program. I, think, Jack I think it's solidly safe to say that that's yeah. the number one <laughs> horse cartoon. Let me think. Although yeah. I think I speak for the internet when I say. Uh, that I have very strong feelings about BoJack Horseman not having a tail. Mm. How do you? How do you? How do you? How do you answer when people ask you where's the tail? I am simply a steward mm. uh, of the vehicle on which I was asked to serve. <laughs> they didn't ask you tail or no <laughs> tail. Was, there was already three seasons of Tailless BoJack by the time I mm-hmm. came on board. So pa- let's pass those straight up to Lisa. Yeah, that's that's on her and Raphael Bob Wexberg. Yeah. In all matters tail that is above my pay grade. Yeah. Have they this uh, and again this might be like a writers room secret or something. So let me know if you're violating an NDA by saying this. <laughs> um have do you guys know internally what the logic is in the BoJack world when a when two different species have sex and then have a baby, it's essentially like a recessive trait, like eye color or hair color. It, you know, like yeah. 
if it's it's going to be one of the other, okay, and it's just like fifty fifty, right? Shot, but it'll but... never be a hybrid. No, no. There's okay, no... there's no precedent for if hybrids. A, if a bird and a human have sex, it's either going to be a bird or a human. Okay, okay. What if it's a horse and a zebra though? Because like if Bojack fucked a lady zebra, that'd be hot. Well, obviously, that'd be well, hot. I mean, if they put a tail on Bojack, it would be hot. Yeah. But my point is that if <laughs> if Bojack fucked a lady zebra and then they had a baby, it should be half horse, half zebra, just like the real baby of a horse and a zebra. We're not in the real baby of a horse and zebra world. Different, different. Yeah, I different guess rules. I have not different looked rules. at the show Bible. <laughs> yeah. I have not looked at the show Bible, and you have. <laughs> there, are, there are a handful of things that, if you really examine it, don't make sense. If this makes sense. But within the world of the show, there is an internal logic that the well, show kind of adheres to pretty well, well. One thing about it that's interesting to me that doesn't add up to me is that a lot of the animals on the show mm-hmm. wear clothes and talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's, like, that's well, the it's one big silly. buy you have to make. It's a little silly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Is who is, the, who is the favorite character on the show amongst furries these days? Oh, I don't know. I would imagine Mr. Peanut Butter is yeah. just because he's so positive. Sure. Yeah. It would be so fun to hang around. Yeah, yeah, like a con or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, in, I can't imagine a scenario where he wouldn't be entertaining. Like, yeah. sexually, he would obviously be, you know, amazingly warm. Of course. Attentive. I mean, is is there a non-sexual component to furries? I don't know. Is that yeah, just all about fucking, I ultimately? I think that, I think that the sexual component is a sort of thrumming bass line, and the solos come in the world of friendship. Sure, yeah. Like, it's about friendship and drawing interests, drawing, getting together, and but then underneath everything's like, we're going to fuck later. <laughs> so you're saying <laughs> that sex among the furry set is like the Holland Dozier Holland. Yeah. It's just always there. It's yeah. like a, all the... The fun that you do is built around that. Right. And everything else. I got it. I got it. I'm a groundhog. <laughs> I'm going to suck a bee's dick. <laughs> I cannot teach public school. <laughs> you're, jo- you're joking it's yourself possible. into a corner. Yeah. On, on the plus side, I'm pretty sure we're the new pollen storm. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that's nice. Can you can me. teach private school, though, because they're fucking selling blow to each other and shit. Yeah. Teachers are fucking students. Yeah. If you got a nice private school, get at me. Mm-hmm. God, we should work at one theater. of those. Theater. You could do, like, you could teach theater at a private school. You what? know what oh, we could man. be? Instead of podcasting, mm-hmm. which is, I think we can agree, is a fool's errand. Sure. We it's a dying become, art form. Absolutely. We could become over. inspirational over. boys' school English teachers. Yeah. I've got blazers. If sure. you guys need to mm-hmm. borrow blazers, I'll loan them to you. My I'm, wife has to die first. Oh, right? really? Because that's what has, like, I have to, my yeah. wife has to die, and then I have oh, to move yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. a small sure, sure, sure. town. Right. Yeah, you have to be. And then get to know some kid, and he's like, oh, he's got a, he's got a past, and then he finds it, and I'm drunk one night. <laughs> you don't know me! Like, that whole thing has to happen first. Right, because so. there has to be an element of you teaching them, but also. Mm-hmm. They're teaching me. They're going to teach you. <laughs> teach you a little something. I had, I had an English teacher who uh, saw himself in that way, mm-hmm. I think. He's <laughs> uh, a little older, but he saw himself as a great inspirational teacher. Uh, but he kind of reverse inspired me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember uh, I had to have a parent-teacher meeting with him uh, where my my mom came to school and we all sat down to discuss this paper I had written uh, where at the bottom of it he had just written uh, F. Uh, I am concerned you take nothing in life seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what – was it? was it that glib? 
Uh, it was probably pretty glib. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you've met me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... What was it? Do you know, remember what it was supposed to be about? Island of the Blue Dolphin oh, man, or something? I remember that we were supposed to read The Brothers Karamazov, I think, mm-hmm. over the summer. Sure. Yeah. 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 Summer like, reading. Come on. I'm not doing that. Nah. It's like I am an Nerd. I am an adult public radio host, and with no shade intended towards those who can read Russian literature for pleasure, it is my worst nightmare to have to yeah. read an entire. And like, how old were you? Uh, sixteen. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of that stuff is wasted on teenagers. Oh, of course it is. Why would you have a teenager read a real book? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's crazy talk. Sure. They don't want to read that. The names have too many vowels. Yes. I mean, like, sure, the Lord of the... I mean, not the Lord of the Rings. The <laughs> uh, What's that called where they're all on the island and the piggy wants to slit the... <laughs> Lord of the Flies. Lord yeah. of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like Lord of the Flies, sure. sure. Have them read Lord of the Flies, you know, of Mice and Men, maybe. Yeah. But let's not get involved yeah. in... Let's not get involved in uh, fucking whether God cares about us. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it under 200 pages. Yeah, exactly. I, I gotta, you, here's should a free... you fling yourself in front of a train or not? <laughs> yeah. Here's a free tip to all the yeah. high school students who have to do... Book reports. Steinbeck. Yeah. yeah. He's your fucking oh, yeah. friend, man. Hey, Steinbeck man. is your friend. I read a killer can I did read wrote a killer cannery row <laughs> in uh fifth grade. Like 165 people still, pages. People are still talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Get in, get out. You got your novel wrapped up in like 225 pages. Yeah. Max. I remember feeling I, I couldn't agree with you more. I absolutely did a lot of Steinbeck's as a kid because, you know, pretty easy to read mm-hmm. and, yeah, and pretty short. Yeah. I remember when we got to Grapes of Wrath. I'm like, I've been betrayed. Yeah, you fooled me. This is, this is in the 300s. <laughs> it's a long con by Steinbeck. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. I feel like I am still poisoned by the fact, by, by the books that I was asked to read mm-hmm. as a student, uh, like that, to the point where I, again, as an adult – public radio host I like shudder at the prospect of reading any classic literature like I know I think I would probably like it some of it yeah you know but like the idea of doing it seems so much like homework to me <laughs> I and the thing that I hate is that we have this notion like that you have to finish a book at a certain point sure. I was older and I just had never read Catcher in the Rye and I was like that's crazy that's like a great American book I should read it and I started reading it and I hated it and I was like I gotta finish it I gotta finish it and then I was like no I don't yeah. <laughs> why do I have to finish it I don't like this I don't have to do this to me. fuck this book I don't have to if you're eating a shitty meal you just stop eating the shitty meal yeah I you bought a, I just... bought a copy of the Catcher in the Rye with that same thought I never read it when I was a teenager when you're supposed to read it right and I thought, like, well, I should probably read The Catcher in the Rye. Everyone else seems to have read it. Uh, they like it, uh, apparently. Uh, but, yeah, I have not I have not looked at page one. I made it sure. all the way through. I made it all What'd the way through. What you get to the acknowledgement? Uh, the title. <laughs> <laughs> I've read the t- I know what it's called. Oh, he's really thankful to Marion. I made it all the way through <laughs> Huckleberry Finn. Mm. Uh, but that was only because I put myself in a position to make it through, which is I was at my in-law's cabin. <laughs> where there is this bookshelf that only has books about what happens after you die, as reported by people who, who have, have died, died and come yeah, back sure. to life. Right, right, right. Children, hopefully, mostly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, and also, Who Moved My Cheese. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had already read Who Moved My Cheese. Mm-hmm. And Any chicken soups? Uh, there's, a, there's a chicken soup for the teenager soul mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, 
Then they get better. The, each yeah. successive right. one, they top like the, last the like one. the Lord of the Rings movies exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, okay, this is this is. I'm just I boxed myself boxed myself in. It's either this or learn to enjoy the outdoors or the company of others, and that wasn't <laughs> in the cards. So I don't go back. Uh, I don't go back and read a lot of. I don't do a lot of that. I don't do a lot of like. Oh, I've never read. Oh boy, what haven't I read? That I mean. You've read it all. I've read it all, baby. I You're love a literature books. major, baby. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Moby Dick. You know, yeah. I've never read Moby Dick, and right. I guess I'm like, oh, maybe. But mm. I, I am. Here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want for someone to ask me what's the last thing you read, and for me to say Moby Dick, because then they will suspect I have not read a book since high school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always. I'm so suspicious of people who say that their favorite book is something that you're assigned in high school. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, you haven't read a fucking book. Have <laughs> right, you right. haven't. Oh, really? 1984? Your favorite book is 19... 19- <laughs> your Of all the books you've read, 1984 is your favorite. Yeah. Anyway. Mine is Down and Out in Paris and London. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I... Yeah, I guess I'm a... Fr- I guess I want... I feel like I, I, I try and make all of my, like... For fun reading, kind of contemporary, mm-hmm. so I'm not that guy. What the, the worst? The guy that you don't want to be is the guy who's like, I, you know, I just uh, every year I just reread Moby Dick. Uh, and yeah, I just uh, sure. re familiarize myself yeah. with the classics. It speaks to me in a whole new way every it's, time yeah, I read it. It's like it. the Bible for me. It's, for me, it's like the Bible. What what the Bible is to others, Don Quixote is to me. To me, to me, to. To me, to me, Don Q. At the end of the day, Jordan, you're a storyteller. Sure, yeah. It's like the stories that we gather around the campfire to tell mm. each other. About. Ca- it's why cavemen drew on walls. It's- we require a narrative. Yeah, it's sure. how we learn. Yeah, really how we, our brains we're just, organized. Things. We're just apes around a campfire, guys. <laughs> Man, we're just apes smearing shit on walls. Sure. You know, at the end of the day, we're just apes yeah. taking our hands, scooping them up yep. our butts, yeah. and smearing the shit on the walls. It's we're a sort just, of warning to other apes of We're just possible three violence. overeducated apes yeah. trapped in a, a soundproof box yeah. uh, high above Los Angeles. And there's a fire. <laughs> there's a fire. There's a, fire there's a literal fire in here. <laughs> it's probably, a, fire. probably a wiring issue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I can I talk about something in relation to this tone? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> this tone that we've taken. Yes. Um, I so I um, so we just got back from we did the London Podcast Festival. What a joy! That had was. a blast. A fucking blast. Uh, hopefully, there is an episode that people will hear at some point from yeah, that with contemporary fiction writer Nick Hornby, sure. the king of names. Yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, so I, before we went to London, uh, I took the train down from Paris. I flew into Paris, had never seen it before, uh, and decided, I'm like, hey, I, about time, right? Not even in Las Vegas. I know. I, yes, I have. But I was pretty drunk, though. Yeah. I was pretty mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and I had lost a lot of money on slots, so I don't think right. I was... Right. You know, in a headspace to really right. take it all in. You're only supposed to put a quarter in there. Why you keep putting those ten dollar bills in there? I don't know. You got, <laughs> you got to shove it's it. It's the in multipliers, there. baby. It doesn't even make it go. <laughs> yeah, if you shove it into the coin slot. It's about multipliers, got Jesse. It. I'll okay. explain it to you later. Thank you. Um, but here's okay. So and you know, and I did, and it was just like it was like two days. So you know, it was it was. I didn't. I, I no deep cuts. Right. You know, I just wanted. I wanted to. I wanted to hear the hits. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to right. just do the Paris stuff. There were a few of the Paris things, anyways. Right. Put a lock on a bridge. Mm-hmm. Sure. Ride a ride a moped. Yeah. Step Next, in dog poop. Yeah. Just all the big be things. racist against an Arab <laughs> person. And then yeah, I think next time I'm there, I'll try a before sunrise. Got but it. I didn't really mm-hmm. have. Got it wasn't really in the. I mean. 
Lord knows beautiful French women wanted to before mm-hmm. sunrise with me. Sure. But <laughs> I just didn't have time. I'm yeah. so busy. I understand. I understand because um, I have this. I have the, I have the same problem when I meet Amelie's. Sure, <laughs> it's like oh, I don't have time to appreciate the crack of the creme brulee with you. I love your whimsical hat, but perhaps yeah, sure. next time I'm in Paris. Yeah, uh, this is not really a whimsy trip <laughs> yeah. for me. So I did. I did the Louvre, and uh, this is a this is a joke I've been trying to tell to people when they ask me how Paris was, and it has not gone over well. Jordan, can you please? Can I ask a favor of you? Yeah. Could you please tell us a joke that people don't like? Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this will be good for our comedy podcast, right? A failed yeah. joke? Yeah. <laughs> about a about an art museum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people are like, oh, you know what you did in Paris? Like, oh, I saw the Louvre. And like, did you see the Mona Lisa? I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw the Mona Lisa. It's huge. <laughs> it's fucking huge. Have you three walls, this thing? The Mona Lisa is it's fucking huge. <laughs> And people are like, oh, really? I heard it was small. I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm, that's everyone tells you it's, here. anyway. Yeah. This joke is, it has not gone over well, but I'm yeah. going to stick with it. I'm yeah. going to keep doing it. I people. think it's worth doing. Yeah. That's why I'll know it? I've, I'll know I've met my soulmate when I meet the person who <laughs>, laughs at the Mona Lisa is huge. Yeah. I think you should run by, run this by Amelie from the movie Amelie. <laughs> sure. I think she might like that. Yeah. Uh, do they have other stuff in the Louvre? Yeah, some other stuff. A lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, you know, um, like, early Christian African tribes. Uh-huh. There's a lot of their stuff. There's a lot of, like, daggers. There is a weird... I went to the British Museum mm-hmm. when we were in yeah. London, and there's a weird thing of, like, um, it, it, like, really <sighs> shows vividly what the top shit was... When they were really out there plundering, yeah, mm-hmm. right, like the main Getting shit in that there. people yeah. were into. What spices were popping? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, I also went to the I went to this museum called the Wallace Collection mm-hmm. in London, and uh, it's great. It's just it's one of my favorite kinds of museum, which is uh, like Sir John Soane's museum in London. It's just like an old timey rich guy's weird shit. Mm-hmm. This one, he was really into like Rembrandts and uh, armor. Mm-hmm. So it's like one floor of like Dutch masters or whatever, then one floor of just different kinds of sword. Do you think in in the future? I mean, obviously we don't have a lot of that in America, but do you think in the future people will be able to tour Nicholas Cage's house? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope so. The thing that uh, Nick, Nick Liao, our, our production fellow who I was there with and I, developed as a sort of technique for enjoying a sort of overload of Dutch masters, mm-hmm. which frankly, like, I can only look at so many portraits of old-timey people before I am bored shitless. Right. Like, I do love an art museum, but, like, at a certain amount of, like, pictures of people in the 17th century, mm-hmm. I don't care mm-hmm. anymore. There's another lady with a long neck staring in the, you know, yeah. an odd direction, at but an look, odd angle. But, for, but, yeah. <laughs> but look at the face her servant is making. That was the commentary. <laughs> yeah, that no. was the artist's commentary the thing of that, him socking it to the gentry. The thing that I found that really got me through, and I recommend this for anybody who's in mm-hmm. a museum, is... Look for dogs in the pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll tell you why it's so great to see a dog in a painting from the 17th or 18th century. And Nick was actually the one, Nick Liao was the one who really put his finger on this. Literally. It's, yes. 
we were well we we touched our butts first mm-hmm. it was sure. you know we're just cavemen around sure. a fire sure cavemen yeah and it's that uh, like a 17th century person it's like a spaceman it's like something you don't you don't know what their life yeah, was yeah. you know you could, you're you're looking through it you're looking through a time capsule you know what i mean you're looking through a lens into the past at someone whose life is entirely foreign to you, mm. both uh, literally and temporally. You know what I mean? This is a, a remarkable, you're like, oh, they're wearing frilly shirts and they're all these different things that are so unlike your experience. Their child owns a monkey. <laughs> but then the dog's just Where'd there. Where'd he get that monkey? <laughs> then the dog's just there doing dog shit. Just yeah, regular sure. dog shit. Dogs Same as dogs do changed. now. Dogs are just fucking dogs. They're just chewing on bones and jumping up and down. And yeah, it, that's what's great about a dog in an old-timey painting. One of the best things I learned about dogs in, in olden times is that a lot of times, yes, it's companionship and like you know, chase rats or whatever dogs, you sure. know, because they all had some sort of useful behavior. But then like some dogs, they're just about warmth. So you just have a couple of little dogs, throw them in the bed at night in your drafty Whoa, castle. Really? Yeah, it was just like throw a couple of Pekingese in the bed just to keep you warm. Like put the dogs in the bed like a pre-warmer before wow. you go to bed. That's what's up. Warmth that's dog. That's a great yeah, dog. Like a warmth dog. Were the dogs trained to like lay lay in beds? Were they like not – it seems like you would want to breed the rowdy traits train out of the, Jesse, I will rely on your expertise here. I don't think you have to do a lot of training to get a dog to get in your bed, do you? No, I think you do. You have to train the dog not to be alarmed when you get a boner. But besides that, that, I think it all comes pretty naturally to the dog. One of the things about, you know, when you find out, when you realize you met your soulmate, my wife made this statement, and it always comes back to her whenever we see, like, a painting like that or you're watching a movie or a TV show set in olden times. My wife will just sort of wistfully, eventually lean forward and go, God, everybody must smell so bad. (laughs) 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 It it never fails (laughs) to pull me out of whatever we're watching. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Game of Thrones must reek. Sure. It has to reek. Sure. Like two characters on Game of Thrones. That Thrones crazy take a regular eyes, bath. That crazy eyes boat guy. Can yeah. you imagine how much that guy <laughs> oh, stinks? Zinklage hasn't taken a bath in three seasons. Like before, he was just drunk and bathing. All like sure. now, he's just like maybe every couple of weeks he gets a bath. I like, mean, if you're if they're lucky, yeah. they might get anointed. Right. Mm, you know, an oil sure, anointing sure. Yeah. might yeah. be available to the, them. But how bad do the Dothraki smell on horseback with oh, the dust? Wow. So dusty. They're what is dusty the, people? What is I mean, dragon shit. There, yeah. there are towns yeah. where they have it's to got, deal with yeah. the 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 removal of dragon shit. It would yeah. probably be sort of methane-y and sure. like really toxic. Right. They're eating cows. Yeah. Whole yeah. cow. So, That's right. I right. imagine. Do dragons have a rumen? Can they break down the grass that the cows have <laughs> oh, eaten? Yeah. Oh, yeah. These are the questions. It's part of the circle of life. Yeah. We're going to have to ask J.R.R. Tolkien about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are they? No, no, are George R.R. It's different R.R. Oh, are we talking about George R.R. George R.R. I, I feel R-R. like Tolkien established the rules of the number of stomachs. Yeah, you could ask either one of them. It'd be fine. Sure, he's just riffing off Tolkien's stomach numbers. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think... Appreciating a museum is a very special skill, and I like one that transports me to a magical world. Mm-hmm. That's that's my feeling about it. I like to be in a 
Like, what the fuck? Like, what weird kind of we- – I like to imagine the weird guy that was so rich and he bought all this different right. weird shit. And he's like, yeah, well, right now I'm into swords, but I used to be into paintings. <laughs> well, also, I re- also, I've drunk most of my life. Yeah. Also, like, when I remember the Basquiat exhibit came here and we went to see that. And, you know, you're looking at the, the captions and 75, 80% of the paintings were owned by <clears throat> private collectors. I mean, yeah. they're just on loan sure. from that person. All right, you have a giant house in, like, say you have a giant place in Manhattan. You have some house out on whatever the, you know, the sure. islands or yeah. whatever, some getaway. Yeah, you have an island you house. You got a lot of, lot of art space, mm-hmm. okay. But you have so many Basquiat's that you don't need them anymore, and they're just on loan. Mm-hmm. Why did you give them away? Sell them. Why are you? I own these, but they're in Los Angeles do now in a it, museum. What, you, is, what is the point of that? I mean, do you think it's... I a, own the first uh, Air Jordans. Yeah. But I, they're not in my closet right now. Like they're like well, a, a Filipino I, kid in Montebello is using them. <laughs> Just sell them. Just sell them. Do you think it's kind of an art cuckoldry? <laughs> kind of like yeah, you think that. Yeah, look at my yes, painting. Yeah. yeah, you like my painting, don't you? It's mine, but I'm letting you mine. use it. Yeah, you like. It's mine. gonna come home to me eventually. Mm, yeah, it's more of an art hot wifing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. If I know yeah. the. <laughs> If I know the terminology, you I, I've, not, I've never heard that before. Hot wife, I yeah. think hot, a cuckoldry. The cuck, the cuckoldry is about the humiliation. Mm-hmm. The hot wifing is about like, yeah, yeah. here we, we go. We do it together. Yeah, I yeah, think hot sure. wifing is more like a <laughs> 70s so you, you and your buddy look at a painting together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You no, try not to look at each other while you're looking at the, the painting. The Basquiat goes out and gets all hot and bothered, but then sure. it comes home to me. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Okay. I do like the idea of an art cuck, though. Yeah. Art, cuck. <laughs> art cucks. This has been Art Cuck on KCRW. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, a small, sad-dicked man. <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard the art critic on KCRW? Uh, yes, I have. It is the, the most art critic voice. He's like a Yugoslavian man who seems very knowledgeable. Yeah, I always like his art. The segments. accent, if yeah, someone came in and read for a part in a movie as the European art right. critic and did that accent, you'd be like, hey, buddy, come on. that's a, like, We're professionals. Yeah, Werner that's Herzog too- is like, your voice is a little much. <laughs> it's Lucas, a little on the nose, no? Turn it down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think KCRW as a radio station, one of the two NPR stations here in Los Angeles, is the most invested in self-parody. Yeah, yeah. You can't make fun of KCRW. Oh, I mean, Michael Silverblatt, the host of Bookworm, <laughs> has the... The public radio voice to end all public radio voices. I believe voices. the intro song to Bookworm is like a Winnie the Pooh. No, it's they, new. they have a new one. It's new one. Sparks, huh? It's a. The, it used to be a Winnie oh, the Pooh song. Yeah, it used yeah. to be like a little, like something you would have in a little golden books. But now it's yeah, that yeah. right. And now it's that like Sparks. Everyone read a, a book. Sparks wrote a song. The band Sparks mm-hmm. wrote a song for Michael Silverblatt personally. I was gonna go L.A. Sparks, then Bubba Sparks. Sure. If anyone and saw, then of course the uh, alcoholic malt <laughs> beverage. Yeah. If anyone saw the, uh, if anyone saw the episode of Parks and Recreation <laughs> that featured our colleague John Hodgman mm-hmm. as a public radio host in the world of Parks and Recreation. As well as uh, I think it was Dan Castellaneta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Castellaneta, when he's doing his ridiculous NPR voice, is doing a non-parodic, uh, true to real life pe- uh, uh, impression of Michael Silverblatt's voice. <laughs> Michael Silverblatt, who's a wonderful radio, he host, is. He's by it's the way. a it's a great show. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I I I enjoy the voice and I enjoy the content. He's mm-hmm. a very good interviewer. But yeah, like the joke voice, like the insane joke voice that Dan Castellaneta is doing on that show, is just a direct, mm-hmm. no exaggeration right. version 
impression of Michael. I want to see the sort of Scientology-esque auditing process that you have to go through before you're allowed to go on the air at KCRW. <laughs> they just must vet you so hard on your pronunciation of Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It is Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Santa Monica. If you live in Los Angeles, Santa Monica is a boulevard and it is a neighborhood and it's we all have agreed to not pronounce the T. It takes too much time. Sure. We're not fops. We're not assholes. We say Santa Monica like a normal American. <laughs> and these liberal assholes. <laughs> these fucking snowflakes. These fucking snowflakes in their safe spaces. Ah. And they're Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. It drives me fucking insane. <laughs> I, I do, when I'm listening to KCRW, which I do from time to time, uh, uh, there are two public radio stations in Los Angeles. One, two KPC, major, two major public. Shout radio, out to two, KPFK. Two NPR, mm-hmm. two NPR stations in uh, Los Angeles. Um, one of them is based in Pasadena, KPCC, uh, which is a n- northeast of Los Angeles, uh, just northeast of Los Angeles, and it's ten uh, degrees Fahrenheit to the northeast of Los Angeles. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, a little closer to me, and they carry Bullseye, so I'm more likely to be listening to that station. But I also slightly less annoying, I would say, is KPCC. I would say I feel a certain kinship with it being based in Pasadena because KCRW is so insistent on saying that it's based in Santa Monica. I always feel like they're making fun of me uh, for not living near the beach, mm. like that they can go to the beach anytime they want. Uh, but I can't afford to go to the beach. Right, and when it's I hot, and when it's yeah, and when it's all when it's so hot in LA. They get a little ocean breeze. Uh, Are they in actual breeze. set? Because I know they have they have a location in Culver City. Well, the uh, the and it's bullshit thing. Culver City, by the way. Mm. NB- Let's get into real nuts and yeah. bolts of LA geography. NPR's <laughs> they probably can't even go to Honey's Kettle for yeah, lunch. Come on, NPR's West Coast Bureau is in Culver City. Uh, they say Culver City and not Los Angeles. I believe because of some kind of tax deal they made with the city of <laughs> Culver City. The city of Culver. But, um... Uh, the city of Culver City, by the way, is Sony Studios and Two Bridges. Like, yeah. that's all of Culver City. And Honey's Kettle Man, Fried honey, Chicken. worth the trip. Yeah. But uh, KCRW, one of the amazing things about KCRW is that while it is a very fancy radio station, very well listened to, very well supported, with wonderful original programming that it makes, um, it's a huge leader in AAA music, adult album alternative. Um, the remarkable thing about KCRW is that while they are currently very close to building themselves a new headquarters, they're literally in a community college basement and, like, everyone shares a desk. Right. Uh, like, I, I've been there before and, like, it is truly a windowless – like, basically, it's like imagine – like a a middle school gym, but with lower ceilings, mm-hmm. is pretty much the vibe. It's How? like the it's like the radio station they had in Saved by the Bell for a couple episodes. Yes, exactly. And then no one talked about for the rest of the series. If forty people worked there, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How has how has like Clive Davis or some mogul not just endowed KCRW with enough money to never have to do a fun drive again? And I, to know, have a Quince, new... I know, I know, Quincy, write him a check. Yeah, you know what I mean. Check. Like one one. Uh, Jimmy Iovine. That's how is that how you pronounce it? I think so. I've been waiting twenty years to hear someone say it. I think in my right. presence. Oh man, what if Jimmy I I I Ovine. I think it's Iovine. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Iovine. Uh, Build him a building, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doctor nice Dre building. just gave USC like 
$5 million or some crazy thing. Well, he's thing. proud to be supporting his alma mater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he remembers fondly his days of yeah. well, driving near the to, university and being went, chased off by security. He went to USC for graduate school. <laughs> right, he right. was at UCLA. Yeah. He's a man of the people. He's got split loyalties. These, they were the, the subject of that HBO documentary, right? Yes. I did not watch it, mm-hmm. but I only saw the like ads for it before you were watching something else on HBO. Mm. HBO, um, is, you already got me. I'm already watching your show. Don't yeah. show me an ad for another show. Yeah, I mean, mm. I feel like they do such a good job with the ads on HBO for their original content and for, like, a bad movie that yeah. they're playing. It's, like, <laughs> right. better than the trailer for that movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm like... I'm like, wow, that Tarzan reboot looks <laughs> rad. You know, they'll pick a cool song. They do right, such right, a good job. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just I feel like it's just to make you feel like, yeah, you got HBO. Yeah, you, you pay, love it. You're paying for it. Sure, you're lucky. Um, but I remember the uh, the commercials for that uh, for that documentary, which I've heard a lot of people say is really really cool. Um, was kind of them talking and the kind of the the premise of this trailer was like we are doing the things that people said we could never do like and then you know you see these flashes of you'll never you know you'll never make music you'll never build an empire and then one of them is you'll never make headphones <laughs> I, like all the other stuff makes sense but Maybe. who told you you'll never make head you'll the, never make headphones the empire line's a little shaky sure yeah okay but the headphones. Ha, an empire <laughs> i'd like to see yeah You'll never make headphones. You'll headphones. never get weirdly swole in the early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like creepily mm. muscly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and also, Dr. Dre had already made music by the time they formed NWA. He had already been in a successful oh, yeah. band. He was in a world class wrecking, wrecking crew. Yeah, yeah. Not just a regular old countywide wrecking crew. Yeah. No, a lot of people have been in state. Yeah, yeah. State I sort of semi-professional right. wrecking crews. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like that is such a such a like tenant of the inspirational documentary. Well, everyone told me I would never do this. Mm. I think you need at least footage of one person <laughs> telling you you will never do it. Or Prove it. Like find the guy, yeah, find yeah. the high school teachers. Like, You're oh, right. He's right. I told him. I, right. I told him and never make headphones. He was a fucking loser. In my defense, he was a fucking loser. (laughs) He was a gangbanger. You know, (laughs) I have to say, if you just showed some footage of the world-class wrecking crew, uh, that would suffice. I mean, it would be hard to look at that footage and not think like, yeah, this train ends here. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? The mascara, the glitter. This this works in its context, but I don't this this is not something where the people I still work in this field in nineteen ninety three. The the whole like people told me I could never make it thing, I understand why that trope is successful. And I'm not I'm not saying people haven't had people told them that they couldn't. I'm sure people told Eminem, white guy rapping, come on. But for the most part, people just don't care about you. You know what I mean? Yes. You're trying to do your thing. And people are like, oh, you're rapping, huh? Good luck with that. And they just <laughs> don't care about oh, you. He's rapping. Cool. Hey, cool. Hope. Good luck I with hope, the rapping. I hope he makes it. Sounds what, like a hard business. What's, what's, White what's guy your son? rapping? Well, that's remarkable. <laughs> yeah. sure. what they You've already made say. it. You've yeah. already succeeded. What's your son Andre doing these days? Uh, he's still making music. Cool. Cool. So yeah. how's your hip? Like that's it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. People aren't actively conspiring. Oh, they'll to never. Oh, oh, oh. He's doing something I'm, that he enjoys. And I'm going to tell him that. <laughs> I'm going to tell him he'll never make headphones. <laughs> he'll never make headphones. Aside from the you fact know, that none like, of you will make headphones. People, are, hey. people have been making headphones. For, yeah. Why do you think that this wealthy man can't make yeah. headphones? You'll never defeat Sennheiser. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't have Sennheiser's juice. Big bows. <laughs> <laughs> can't dig down big bows. 
Hey, I like big bows, and turns I can't lie. Turns out all you have to do is turn the bass up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm calling on behalf of Frank JVC. <laughs> Make headphones in your dick. <laughs> Listen, this is uh, Ryan, Ryan JVC. Listen, my dad, he's a bad guy. <laughs> Um, I have some secrets. Could you meet me? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm already having a meeting with the little Johnny Skull Candy. <laughs> okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Sponsors. Let's hear about it. On this week's program, mm-hmm. of course, all the good people who go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and yeah. support the show directly. Them especially. Yeah. But also... Our friends at Blue Apron, also pronounced Blue Apron. <laughs> I probably don't think that is true. It's an alternate pronunciation. Uh, if you look it up... One. It's an incorrect you, pronunciation. You have to look it up in it a is big it's dictionary. It's also wrong. No, if you, you don't have a big enough dictionary. Jordan. Maybe that's true. <laughs> but you do eat it's not pussy. The, yeah, it's not the size that counts. It's a wide dictionary. <laughs> um, For uh, less than $10 per person per meal, mm-hmm. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Spiced cauliflower and pepper with jasmine rice and cilantro yogurt mm. sauce. There's a maple gravy smothered pork chop. With stewed collard greens and sweet potatoes. Oh, Jordan, I love collard greens. Do you, do you like collard greens? Yeah, they're great. It's a great side. I find, it's a great I side. I fucking love collard greens. My wife doesn't like collard greens. It's like a constant source of tension in our house. Incorrect. Great side. Yeah, I agree. I uh, also che- got a cheesy chicken and black bean enchiladas with salsa verde. Uh, check out this week's menu. Get your first three, one, two, three meals free with free shipping. By going to blueapron.com slash JJGo. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Blueapron.com slash JJGo. Let us set them cakes. Hey, another sponsor on this week's program. Can I also say our famous catchphrase? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let us set them cakes. Let us set them cakes. ZipRecruiter, another sponsor on this show. Jordan, I'm a business owner. Okay. I don't mean to brag, but I you am own a, a business. business owner. I'm a, I am a proud member of a long line of American entrepreneurs from George Washington Carver, mm-hmm. who created things out of peanuts, mm-hmm. to my dad, who consulted on fundraising with Veterans Peace Organizations. There's a long, proud line. I guess in this scenario, I'm related to George Washington Carver. Yeah, I guess so. It's getting a little muddy, but we yeah. can go with that. Yeah. Uh, a, a long line of entrepreneurs, and I I have my own podcasting business, Jordan. And and on, entrepreneurs like yourself and Mr. Carver need staff, right? You need people. You need people. You can't just do it alone. You we can't have to shoulder the burden of an entire business. You need people. We have to do something called making hires. Mm. So we use ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 job boards with just one click, which is great because I'm also rationing my clicks right now. And ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them by actively notifying qualified candidates about your job. 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate 
through the site in just one day. That means no murderers. No. No shady characters. Yeah. No dicey dudes. Cool folks. Yeah, just cool, calm, collected cucumbers. ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. You can try it for free. Yeah, right now our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. It's Jordan, Jesse, Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Always punctual, Nick. Retweet Adams. This is the 500th episode of Jordan, Jesse, Go. We asked around to Jordan, Jesse, Go fans and said, what would you love to hear on our 500th episode? And they came back in a grand chorus. They said, Chris Fairbanks, he's not around. (laughs) (laughs) Put a different take on that. Um, uh, They said, we want to hear a Would You Rather with your friend Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather. We've been doing Would You Rathers with Jim for 15 plus years now. Uh, Jim is currently in his carpool uh, traveling from his office to his home in the San Francisco Bay Area where he works as a science man. Uh, Jim, how are you, friend? Guys, I couldn't be better. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and your your carpool is actually listening to you do this right now, right? Yeah, we're having a great time here in the carpool lane. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear from Barb on this. <laughs> yeah, how's your how's your uh, how's your carpool mate Barb uh, doing over there? Uh, Barbara, how are you doing? I'm doing great, chugging along at a whopping 12 miles an hour. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you gotta love that gridlock. Uh, that's how we do it in the Bay. Okay, here's the rules of Would You Rather. Jim is going to give us a choice. Uh, would we rather do this or would we rather do that? Jim, remember, is the master of Would You Rather. Mm-hmm. So he, if we have any questions, we can ask him for clarification, and he'll be glad to clarify any information that we may be missing or may he may have mistakenly obfuscated. Uh, then each of us will make our choice. Uh, then Jim, as the master of Would You Rather, will tell us whether we are right or wrong. You can play along at home. The most important thing to remember is that you're not the master of Would You Rather at all, and Jim is entirely the master of Would You Rather, so don't try and tell him that he doesn't know how to do his job. Uh, He won't come to your job and tell you uh, how to do yours. Jim, what's our Would You Rather this week? Okay, guys, here you go. Alan, first, before we start, congratulations on the 500th episode. Thanks, Jim. Couldn't, Couldn't have done it without you. That might be an overstatement. Yeah, but. no, uh, yeah, you know, we er- owe a lot of early momentum. Yeah, <laughs> to your contributions. Yeah, and and uh, and a sort of uh, one third of the way through period of controversy where people said we were stealing an idea from Scott Ackerman. Mm-hmm. So uh, either way, we're Loser. very we're very grateful to have had you on board, Jim. All right, uh, yeah, happy to do this. So much fun, and I'm so thrilled you guys still have an audience. <laughs> well, it seems unlikely. Yeah. yeah. We haven't confirmed that independently. Yeah. <laughs> we think. Okay. It's like it's a Netflix sort of deal. Yeah. Right? You guys don't release the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like we don't internal. have a lot of numbers. There's a lot of buzz. Yeah. yeah There's a lot of buzz. We're getting prestige, pickups. Yeah, prestige we're getting podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're and Rob Schneider's working because of us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's for the best. 
<laughs> All right, here we go. You ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Would you rather have the power of X-ray vision or get ten times more credit card points? I mean, I was concerned he'd be rusty. Yeah, this is this a Rambo situation. We've 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 gone into the mountains. We've said we need you for one last job. Yeah, he said I'm out of the game. We said please, we need you. I'm a scientist now, a family man. Yeah, I have I have a child. Yeah, there's no reason to be brought human life into the world. But boy, I mean, if you've been if you've been saving that one up, that was a mighty explosion. Thank you, thank you, Jordan. And think of all the traveling you could do. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, if you got those points. Oh, yeah. So, who boy. Would it apply across all credit cards? Or like one great card. Or just one card. Would I only be able to use it on one of my cards or would... would uh, and also, does it apply to my debit card points? <laughs> uh it would uh, no. This is just credit cards, and this is across the board all credit cards. Mm-hmm. And not just. And is it credit cards That's that I have? Miles, whatever the program is. Right. Points, miles, whatever. Got it. Now, is this is this just credit cards that I currently have, or now that I have this power, can I just go open up a shit ton? <laughs> yes, you can open up a shit ton. Cool. I have okay. my answer. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you already a points guy, Nick? Uh, yeah, but they, you know, like I don't do anything with, I don't travel enough to get any points, uh, what would but the, I do have my answer. What would the limitations of my x-ray vision be? Could I see through lead, for example? Uh, no, no, I mean, well, it depends, it depends on the thickness of, of lead. Um, right. So, yeah, it's like your, your, your eyeballs are, you know, like an X, x-ray machine. You're going to somehow generate... A tight beam of of, uh, of X-rays, and you'll be able to detect X-rays. So you know, uh, lead is probably not going to work. Just uh, imagine what a standard X-ray machine can see, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what you. I love that the science guy's like, you know, like X-ray machines work. Yeah. <laughs> Your eyes are just going to work like an X-ray machine works. I believe, Jim. <laughs> am, am I correct that that you're some kind of uh, uh, optics scientist, right? You're working on. Uh, 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 what are they called? Microscopes. Yeah, we're uh, you know coming from the field of metrology, uh, where we use uh, high voltages, mm-hmm. we use lasers, Whoa. Uh, we use we use robots, yeah. um, we use plasma beams. Just don't give the lasers to the robots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, there's a little movie called Terminator Two: yeah. Judgment Day that I think you need to watch. Day one stuff down at Jim's office. Yeah, by sure. The way. Yeah, Listen, I love that we don't want a Skynet on our hands. You know, you're a scientist when you can just make shit up and tell people that's your job, and everyone just goes, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Thermal thermal optics. Yep. This is an important question for me. I've seen X-ray machines like at my dentist's mm-hmm. office or at the emergency room if I f- fractured a leg, which I haven't. Thank God. Knock on wood, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's my question: When I see in 3D. Like, let's say I'm on one side of a wall and there's a beautiful naked lady on the other side of the wall, which hubba, is probably hubba, the... Hubba hubba. Pri- hubba hubba, exactly. This is a primary... Or I look through the wall and there's some uh, hubba hubba brand bubblegum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or double would, bubble bubblegum. Hubba bubba, hubba hubba for hubba bubba, 
and double bubble. Yeah, is what we're God, I want to fuck that gum. <laughs> God, what if what if you had some bazooka bubble gum? You could uh, look right through there and see if it was a good comic or not yeah, before you see what it. Murph is up to. <laughs> Auga, you wouldn't have to wait ten. You have to wait till he's ten. Cents. Auga for bazooka Joe. Yeah. Hubba hubba, hubba, for, hubba for hubba bubba. Right. So, but here's, and double bubble. <laughs> here's my question, Jim. If I look through a wall or whatever. Do I is it like a Superman comic book where I would see things in vivid color, or would mm-hmm. I see them like a like an X-ray on one of those light boxes that they use in a doctor's office, and I see everything in a kind of um, uh, uh, just a kind of black and white that reflects how dense it is? Uh, yeah, you'd be seeing in a in a grayscale, and if you know, if you're looking through a wall, uh, there there be there be some. There'd be some obfuscation by some some metal conduit, sure. Mm-hmm. But you could see through the wall. I'm sure you could see you could see some mammary gland on the other side of that wall. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to see. see. That's the thing. Like the, to my mind, the first the first and primary use of um, of X-ray vision is going to be that you can see everyone naked and no one can see you naked. That's it's a mm-hmm. it's a matter of when you're public speaking and you're trying right. you don't have to imagine everyone naked you've got the power because you know every single boob and dick in that room you know what I mean but to me it's almost creepy to see them like an X-ray machine sure you know, I would find that more upsetting than comforting I think whatever benefit you're going to get from having X-ray vision it's going to be overweighed it's going to be outweighed by the negative like you're just going to be walking along and see somebody's spleen right like right. just oh i just saw my grandmother's spleen i didn't sure. want to see that yeah like, creeped me out but here's here's another consideration that i've got going in my head and i'm just sort of talking through this sure. for me i am not a points guy i'm certainly not the points well, not guy now from the points guy.com not now you're not but that's what I'm thinking. Like right now, it seems like too much work to me to pick something out and blah, 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 blah. But I'm pretty good with money, not bragging, but I'm pretty good with money. I feel comfortable paying off my credit card bill every month. That doesn't seem like it would be an issue for me. Uh, and so like right now, actually, I, I don't think I literally don't have a credit card, but I could get one. I've got good credit score. I get a nice one. Get one of those Chase Sapphire Reserve yeah, that they yeah. like so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a, is that the Jennifer Garner card? Which one is that? Is that I, the Samuel Jackson card? <laughs> that's the you one. Got the that, Sam Sam Jack. That's the one that made made news headlines for being so points friendly. Um, and I uh, when I went on tour with Judge John Hodgman, uh, we had a guy in the car named Matt, and Matt was a professional touring uh, audio engineer, and he knew so much about points, and it was so inspirational to me. Uh, I I was learning about all these uh, worlds that had been opened up to him by points, and I I would I would like to get those points. I mean, I'm a tall man. I would love to sit in a nice seat on the airplane. Without... Get a good get a good Starwoods resort going for you and yeah, the family. Starwoods breakfast. Yeah. God, I would love to. I would love to go into an airport lounge and enjoy a free curry. <laughs> Admiral's mean? Lounge, no charge. I just don't think, absent being a horny teenager or right. a, like a cat burglar, mm-hmm. I don't see a ton of benefits for if having. If you X-ray worked vision. in the I- trades, if you were a tradesman. What which trades? Well, like let's say you were an electrician. Oh, uh, so you can just you try. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're a plumber. You got a blockage. 
I yeah. could go to the truck and get out the endoscopic the endoscopic camera and right. snake it. You don't it. even need don't to. Need, yeah. Well, okay. Now I'm I'm reconsidering. Fifty bucks. I'll look through the wall. I'm reconsidering. Diffuse- I won't look through your wall for free. Bomb but you can do it. Guy. I'm not doing it. Right. I'm not yeah. doing have it. You ever, have any of you ever tried to find a joist in your wall? It's very hard. You got to get a stud tough. finder. No, studs don't exist. It's a myth. I've, yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> I've purchased literally four stud finders in my life as an adult. They don't work. Studs are a myth. It's it's perpetrated by Jews and Except mainstream for- media. <laughs> <laughs> The only real stud was Studs Turkle, and yeah. he's gone. Sure. God There's rest no his studs soul. in anybody's wall. Just hammer that shit into your wall and keep your fingers crossed. Well, I mean, in uh, seven, 70s Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. I think we could all agree. Sure. Speaking of Hubba Hubba. Sure, yeah. Um, and Hubba Bubba, which was the chewing gum that he chewed in all his movies. Man, I, Nick, in his writer, I was realizing Nick's, Nick's seamless leap from Hubba Hubba to Hubba Bubba to Double Bubble, I'm like... That muscle is probably worked out by BoJack Horseman so hard. Like, that is the, like, third most kind of joke you will see on that show. There is such a great, stupid Hollywood name run currently in my outline for the episode that I'm working on now. And it's either going to get taken out altogether because it's too stupid, or Raphael is going to like it so much and he's going to make it twice as long. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I was, imp- it was, it was it, as a fan of the show, it was amazing to see that word sound alike association in real time. It was really cool. The muscles like are flexed. Just, yeah. Okay, but I let's, let's be serious. Yeah. In our lives I think I'm right re- now, I'm ready to make a call. Go ahead. Outside of outside of seeing people naked, mm-hmm. which I think we've established would be weird because it would be like grayscale anatomy. Sure. Not to be confused with gray's anatomy. <laughs> uh outside of that, are I'd there any other naked. top uses for x-ray vision that we're overlooking here. I would, unless you're going to give yourself over to a career in infrastructure, I think mm-hmm. it's wasted on you. Right. Like, yeah. I would have to go work for a metro and help <laughs> with the digging of the uh, subway tunnels sure. and stuff. Like, right. I would have to become a civil servant. It's like, with great power comes great responsibility. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, could I... I guess know, grifting. A, oh, right. A lot of the... Um, Wadlord. Mm-hmm. It would be sure, great for yeah, Wadlord. Yeah, you could play Wadlord. Um, would, excuse me, as I understand it, a lot of the energy that, when Jim, you're a physicist, you might be able to confirm this for me. A lot of the energy that is used by our refrigerators, our ice boxes, uh, is used when we open the door and hold it open. So there is an environmental argument if, and Jim, maybe you can clarify this for me, would I have enough acuity in my x-ray vision to be able to recognize, for example, the labels on condiments um, without opening the door of my refrigerator? <laughs> um, I, let's, say, let's say that the, that your ability to resolve fine details would be the, the same as your, your standard vis, uh, vision in the visual spectrum. Yeah. Hmm. Does that answer your question? So that is a green argument for it. That's nice. Um, that you wouldn't have to open that. But still. I think I'm, I'm ready to make a call. Okay. Jordan, what's your call? And I think I have been – I think my track record at Would You Rather is poor. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I am not great at it. Yeah. So maybe you guys mm. should listen to what I have to say. <laughs> then do the and opposite. Then say the opposite. If you want – if winning is mm. – you know, I don't know what's more important to you guys, mm. winning the game or staying true to your heart. Right. It's just a question we all have to ask ourselves. This is why Big Brother is such a great show. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it is. Can I just it's say? It's a really good show. We've been doing this show for, what, 11 years? Mm-hmm. I didn't come here to make friends. <laughs> Whoa, okay. You came to win. Yeah. So, uh, I wonder what the prize is at the end of this. Yeah. You know how you, me, and Jim have been friends for 20 years? You, this has all been, you've been alliance building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, there are some uses for x-ray vision that are very appealing. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I automatically went to card cheat, right. going to Vegas, seeing all the cards, yeah. playing a hand, right. letting them ride sure. down by the river, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. split those deuces, right. pair of jacks, <laughs> shrimp cocktail. War. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it good war. for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, obviously there's a, there's a, there's a you know, a, a, a pure, purient... Prurient, Prurient. Prurient. Purient. Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Santa Monica. There's an appeal. Santa Monica. To seeing <laughs> through the clothes. Right. But what kind of person looks at someone through their clothes using an alien superpower without their right. permission? Right. Man. This is not. Mankind. This is. <laughs> this hum- humankind. <laughs> mankind. Yeah. I think this is not. But it would be immoral. This is yeah. not who I want to be when I. You know, send my right. children off to war. <laughs> right. I want to tell them that their dad <laughs> that they're dying isn't their hasn't been peeping to... at people on the street, right? Um, and you know, like obviously, you know, nudity is fun mm-hmm. because it's occasional, right? Am am I ruining nudity for right. myself? Yeah, if you were in a village where no one wore clothes, sure. And uh, sure, that National Geographic guy, when he comes sure. by, he's going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then what's erotic to like, you? This is just normal. Yeah. What's er- then only the only an eclipse. is hot wifing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or a solar eclipse. Yeah. How about this? For every illegal, illicit boob you watch, yeah. you have to inform one woman if she needs a, a mammogram. <laughs> yeah. Every time you see sure. a lump, you, you have spot, to tell the woman. You could spot you, gross. You should go, go get checked out. So, so it's like a service, a public service. Right. And I have not been a points guy for most of my life, but recently I've become a points guy. Really? I get an Amazon rewards card. Mm-hmm. I get myself some Amazon credit. Mm-hmm. And I treat myself with that credit. I don't just use it on toothbrushes mm-hmm. and cat food. Yeah. I get something I get like something some, daddy's been wanting. Some Kirkland boxer briefs. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you use it on dad food and cat <laughs> dad, brushes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, dad food. So yeah, I mean, and I and I, obviously with this newfound power, I could get more into the world of points, right. airline miles, mm-hmm. Star Winds rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a hotel at Legoland, a Lego hotel. Just, well, I'm just saying. Well, right. there I'm you go. Saying. What? So I'm going for. I think I, my vote is for credit card points. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think uh, my greatest concerns are are the ones that you outlined. That any sexual charge I would gain from it would be uh, uh, counterbalanced by the immorality, mm-hmm. and uh, would be. I should just point out that you could then re-counterbalance it with, with more the, sexual. You could just watch more boobs. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, just, just to play devil's advocate. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my my concern would be that it would make me feel bad to do that to people without their consent. And then also um, – and also I think that I would become inured to its pleasures quite quickly. Sure. 
that the that the impact of that and, and and that there's not a lot of other places in my life where it would be that useful. And while I'm not a points guy, I think I would like to get upgrades. Specifically, upgrades mm. is my interest here. Like mm. I feel like I would love to check into something and they look at my thing. They oh, well, you're you're. I'm going to go ahead and give you an upgrade, sure. sir. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be addressed as sir sincerely mm-hmm. rather than sarcastically right. <laughs> also, like rather than sassily. Sure, um, sir. So for me, I'm surprised. I'm As a total non-points guy, I'm as surprised as anyone to say this, but I think I'm going with the points. How do you feel, Nick? If I had any facility towards uh, being handy or, you know, if, if there was a world where I would go into business – as a plumber or as some sort of contractor, I, I think there's a world where a guy could get that that skill and make millions of dollars for himself. I'm never going to be that person, and I don't. I've seen boobs. I'm married. Seen plenty of boobs. Right. Cool. So yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. Um, yeah, I mean, and ten times the points, right? Yeah, that's a fuck ton of points. There's like, so many points. points. You don't it even really have to travel very yeah. much. You don't have to do very much to get a benefit from that. So yeah, it's points. It's an amazing life. Well, this is a very rare occasion mm-hmm. for us. All three people in the studio in agreement about their choice here. Um, but this is a house of cards that could topple with the slightest gust of wind as soon as our friend Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather, opens his mouth. Jim. <laughs> We've all said that we would prefer 10 times points to the superpower of X-ray vision. Are we right or are we wrong? Okay, guys. So just, just before I, I reveal uh, the correct answer, I, I, I just, I just want to say that, that I, I was kind of I – didn't, I didn't expect it, but I was kind of hoping that you guys might go towards the, the route of, of altruism with your uh, – with your X-ray vision and, and, and think maybe first responder, maybe looking mm. through earthquake rubble for survivors. But you know, right. not surprised you guys went right to the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got dogs for that. They got dogs that can yeah, do that. They have, dogs they have that. little vests. Dogs yeah. can't see boobs. Yeah, come on. Yeah, the, the, the boobs argument is strong, and, and it's, it it uh, requires a, a lot of you know deep discourse. So I appreciate that. Um, but you know what? You all in the end are correct. Yes. Yes! Nailed it! 500, baby. We could... I just thought of something, though. Could you see through the earth to see valuable minerals? (laughs) (laughs) I want to be even less altruistic if possible. See valuable minerals. (laughs) Surprisingly, that was the second place I was going to go. Oh, just thought of that. Yeah. There's like a tungsten deposit underneath <laughs> my house. Who knows? You find some borax. You know yeah. what tungsten looks like? Uh, borax would really put a kick into your laundry. Yeah, I think they use tungsten to make Beats by Dre, I think. Oh, yeah. I think so. Wow. Hmm. Wow, what a thrill, Yeah, this Jim. has been really amazing. We nailed it. Jim, it's, it is always a joy. It is always a joy to have you on the program. I hope it won't be years uh, until you're on the program next. And, of course, the same goes... For you, Barbara. It's always wonderful. <laughs> it's always great to talk to Barbara. Keeping Jim's, it steady at, at 12 miles an hour. Jim's friend from work. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, happy to hear from you. Um, you call us back anytime. We have a lot of time to kill here on 880. <laughs> <laughs>
Great pleasure. Thanks, guys. And Thanks. congratulations on the 500th episode. You have anything so you want to plug? <laughs> my, my new baby. She's great. Oh. Uh, uh, five, uh, parenthood. Five-star reviews. Two thumbs up. Oh, congratulations, Jimmy. We love you, buddy. He'll be uh, with his new baby at the Bell House in Brooklyn. <laughs> 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 Call your girlfriend. Uh, Jim, thanks so much. Always great to get to talk to you. Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. How's it going, everyone? I'm Oliver Wang. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. We have a brand new show on the Maximum Fun Network that we'd love to share with you. It's called Heat Rocks. Morgan, we should probably explain what a heat rock is. It is a banger, a fire track, true fire. Right. Dope album. Each episode, we will bring on a special guest to join us to talk about one of their heat rocks. It might be a musician. A writer. Maybe a scholar. I mean, I would have been happy to just talk to you about your heat rocks, but this is a different show. Yeah. I think people might enjoy hearing maybe the guests instead. To do that, you'll have to go to MaximumFun.org. So if you want to talk about hot music, you should check us out. Heat Rocks. Every week on Inside Pop, we take turns recommending something great from the world of pop culture to each other. And in the month of October, we're going big, very big, with the Big Cell 30. Every day for 30 days, we're going to suggest some type of pop culture to check out. Things that may not be on your radar, but will be well worth trying. From TV to music to movies and more, The Big Cell 30 is as irresistible as a Jedi mind trick. As convincing as an Annalise Keating closing argument. And as seductive as Miguel singing a ballad shirtless and slightly sweaty. Follow us on Twitter at Pop Insiders for daily big cells and listen to Inside Pop every week for big cells from some special guests. The Big Cell 30 starts October 1st and runs every day of the month on Inside Pop. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the voice of the millennial generation. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Nick Repeat Adams. What did I always? I just I, I love Jim. Jim's great. Jim's Nick's great. great. Nick's We're all great. great. You and me. Minus sure, if that, yeah. if that, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, when something momentous happens to you, like you have the 500th episode of your smash hit podcast, we ask you to call us at 206 984 4 Fun and tell us what That's it's why all like. All our calls have, are from Matt Myra, <laughs> what it's like to have a hit podcast. Yeah, we desperately want to know. <laughs> um, 206 984 4 Fun is the number. Here's our first call. Hi, this is Nick out of uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, I'm in the process of moving out of my apartment. And uh, parked out front of my building was a uh, hearse. And leaning on it uh, and just going to town on one another, making out, were two individuals. Um, the time right now is 11.40 a.m. So <laughs> I guess... I guess they're trying to conquer death or something. All right. Bye. Um, so I, I'll say this about this call. Mm-hmm. It's our 500th episode. The stakes are pretty high. Um, he could really ruin our entire legacy by coming incorrect. And the honest truth is 
is seeing two people making out on a hearse that momentous? I mean, it's it's all right. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's not awful. Yeah, you know, it's not a disaster. Nah. But but I think he he's really delivered um, two sort of coup de grace blows that really bring him to the level of 500th episode mm-hmm. column. Um, the first is a little bit of armchair analysis, mm-hmm. um, a, a little insight that he drops casually that he thinks they're probably trying to conquer death. <laughs> um, I think that's true. I think sure. that's a really good point. But I think more important than that, he saw fit to timestamp it. Yeah. No, I mean, and that, that right, because at, at if this is late at night, yeah. You know, the witching hour. The witching hour. Things, it makes a little more sense. Yeah, but, things get loosey goosey. Almost lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think researchers from the future are going to want to know exactly yeah, when yeah. this happened, or else the data is not useful. I mean, this is my thought. I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of adult entertainment being produced in Denver, Colorado. Right. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I'm. Ne- mm. I'm not. I've never even seen adult entertainment. I couldn't tell you if the Rockies are in the background. Sure, mm. um, but probably it's much shorter because of the altitude. Like by they the just way. can't have sex. All <laughs> right, you get winded. <laughs> Brief, intense yeah. sex scenes. I want to be clear that when I say the Rockies in the background, I'm talking about the Colorado Rockies baseball team. <laughs> yeah, Rocky, <laughs> the Denver around. Nuggets mascot. Yeah. A Greg Holland <laughs> is there. Maybe a Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I you know I've certainly I mean I've I know you have never seen adult entertainment, Jesse. Uh, right. I have um, for research mm-hmm. um, for work. I wrote on the deuce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and by by which you mean you got your agent to get you a shooting script of the deuce, <laughs> and you wrote a yeah. I just doodled. Yeah, I just made some notes in the margins. Yeah. James uh, Stanko <laughs> changed his deuce. name. <laughs> I wrote. Yeah. Um, and I have seen an adult entertainment, and I think, you know, there's definitely a subgenre of transportation-based adult entertainment. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, vans, mm-hmm. uh, how am I going to pay for this cab ride? Right. Things you ride like... around in a sexy hearse sure. for girls to pick up. Yeah. Fuck I mean, hearse. is this just a gothier version of that? <laughs> is this for, for, the, for the mopey set? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that is missing from this story, and, it, and I don't disagree with leaving it out because it gives it an air of mystery, is whether these were goths. Mm, um, sure, sure. I think goths would be, goths would be, uh, doing this as a sort of lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think a non-goth would be doing this as more of a, a fuck you to God and death. Sure. Was the hearse pre-Ghostbusters paint job? Right. Sure. Or like, yeah. was I mean, I think been. he did. If there was, I mean, I know our listeners. If there was a Ghostbusters paint job, he would have said Ecto One. No, see, like maybe like they bought the hearse, and there was a romantic situation yep. that developed between these two individuals before they could go get it painted for, with the Ghostbusters paint job. It yeah. just the moment came upon them, oh, and they just right, they sure. couldn't resist. So maybe they aren't gothy. They were just like pre Ghostbusters. They're just they're putting together an elaborate Ghostbusters Halloween costume yep, that includes right. pulling up in an Ecto One that you made out of mm-hmm. a hearse. Can I just say this? Yeah. Um, if you don't want to ruin my childhood, oh boy! <laughs> can I ask that if you are going to go to the expense of painting a vehicle to look like the Ghostbusters vehicle, can you at least get an old-timey station wagon ambulance and mm, not just sure. use a hearse and yeah. think that's good enough? Yeah, yeah, come on. It's not good enough. Holly weird. Yeah. Come on. What, that's not what tr- Melissa McCarthy would drive. Respect the tradition. Yeah. I do – like he did timestamp it, which was hilarious to me, but I do – if I saw that at night, 
coming home in my neighborhood, I would just kind of shrug and be like, that's what single people are doing these days. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm married. I have kids. I don't know what it takes to yeah, get right. ladies these days. Like maybe you have to get a hearse. Sure, I don't know. Maybe you got to. Yeah. You got to do some hearse grinding. Who am I to judge? You yeah. know, but in the daytime. Yeah. Come on. Keep it together. Yeah. Uh, we've got one more momentous occasion called Brian has told us this one is worthy of our 500th episode. Let's give it a listen. Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and whoever's call, uh, choosing the calls this week. This is Anna in Cincinnati, and I'm calling in with a momentous occasion. My boyfriend, John, of two and a half years and I recently decided to get married. Yay! Gentlemen, if you would be so kind as to play this on the show, this will be our only actual, like, grand romantic gesture. Sweetheart, I want to build the rest of my life with you. Will you marry me? Uh, yeah, so that was the actual proposal. We haven't actually said it that way yet. Um but you know, Jordan, Jesse, guys, he he won't hear this if you don't play it. So help me out, please. You should know that after John introduced me to Jordan, Jesse, go, I have gone back and listened to the entire back catalog of episodes, and I think it's better than you think it is. But um, while others have done the engagement by podcast, I don't think you've actually had anyone call in during their wedding to for the I now pronounce you man and wife yay part. You play this for me on the show, and we can be your first couple to do that. Yeah, do it. Do it, please. Seriously, would you please do that? It would be great. Okay, thanks. Bye. Uh, can I just clarify one thing? Yeah. I don't think she's bargaining in good faith. How so? I think that she knows perfectly well that any any betrothal that's built on a firmament of shared interest in Jordan Jesse Go <laughs> will never last until an actual Sarah marriage ceremony. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's no way in a thousand years that both of you are both too good and too bad for each other if you both <laughs> listen to Jordan Jesse Go. Burn bright. Yeah. Burn fast. Yeah, you better I would say the elopement is your only hope of actually consummating this yeah marriage. we'll get that we'll get that sweet i now pronounce you man and wife call episode 501 mm-hmm. episode 504 <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the, the divorce hearing yeah it'll be like episode 504 uh brad is not who i thought he was sure he was apparently listening yeah. he there was someone on the side he was listening to my favorite murderer with <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it doesn't it, this is not even a marriage that's headed for divorce mm-hmm. I think, and we'll have to get Brian. Can you can you get uh, Pope Francis on the line? <laughs> I think this is grounds for annulment. Uh, hello, it's I me, think, Pope Francis. Jesse, I, I think did you have something you wanted to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I'm what, on my cell. I forget what country I'm from. America. Yes. No, Francis. <laughs> I don't know. It's got a Yakov Smirnoff yes. thing going too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what I, a Trinity. I, <laughs> 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 in soviet russia jesus saves you also the rest of the world uh, i think that yes. i think that any marriage that is built on a proposal on jordan jesse go is not a real marriage and is thus annulled <laughs> but i was confused she they already agreed to get married it what sounds is, like what, what the... happened is they agreed to get married in a general sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. This is something that a lot of – Nick, you're a Generation X or not a millennial like I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you don't know this because you're <laughs> one and a half years older than me. Yeah. I'm an Xennial. Go ahead. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I'm a zenial. Yeah. Mm. Is that what it's called? I've been saying exennial. Uh, no, <laughs> it's uh, like xylophone. I'm a third thing uh, where your uh, the sole defining characteristic of uh, your generation is beating off to Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Um, I uh, I think Nick that a, a lot of young people are are agreeing on the idea of getting married without mm-hmm. the practical. Should we actually get married? Right, and this is. This is her finding a way to memorialize it. And by memorialize it, I mean acknowledge that it has died, that the dream has died. Mm. So it's it's like when women basically make their men, like, yeah, yeah, this is going somewhere, but we're not, like, engaged. Well, like, with my, with my wife and I, my wife and I had been together probably 10 years before we got engaged. And sort of what happened was we loved each other very much and we were getting along very well. We went for a walk one day with our dog in, in, in our neighborhood of Koreatown. And, and my wife said to me, honey, you know, I, I feel like things are going really well between us. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, it seems like we should probably be thinking about getting married. And I was like, oh. It hadn't occurred to me, mm-hmm. uh, but she doesn't come from a broken home uh, and is a woman. And uh, I was like, oh. And then later I proposed to her mm-hmm. uh, when clearly what was happening was uh, she was establishing some ground rules for us continuing to con- consort. So what we got, yeah, we think, mm-hmm. is the grand romantic gesture that comes after the you know, practical right. agreeing upon of terms. Right. So there's that and then there's and then there's the then there's the flowery explosion of emotion, which is what we're providing. Guy, are you do you you guys don't think this is a little bit beautiful? I feel like I feel like we're approaching this cynically. I feel like I was I I, I was ready to be I was ready to be swept up in love, which is real apparently. <laughs> But I I thought it was really beautiful mm-hmm. because of their shared love, and I think Nick sure. and I are both in uh, loving marriages mm-hmm. with uh, wives that we adore, um, and we can appreciate the value of uh, a true loving marriage. It's my biggest concern. Jordan is, is that, kind of the building block of civilization. You right. might not. Oh, <laughs> I just, you interesting. Might not yeah, be it's, able a, to it's really, in the Bible. I mean, it's yes. in the Bible. Oh, wow, it's really cool. important. Um, but what I, mean, I in. I know you have the Bible, but <laughs> Infinite Jest is the Bible to me. To right. me? Yeah. To me? <laughs> Though you are... Infinite Jest is the Bible to me. To me? You're more spiritual me? than you are religious. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the Mona Lisa is so, huge. <laughs> I, but my biggest, the one thing I am cynical about is anyone <laughs> who goes back and listens to every George <laughs> Jeff. <Go>. Guys. <laughs> I think it's not. I, think I haven't all listened to all of them. All of them. I Even haven't the listened to more than eight or ten. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, it never really grabbed me. Like, I'll go back and I'll see if Paula sure. Tompkins has been yeah, on or yeah. whatever. Like a professional, but, successful entertainment yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I think it is beautiful. It's beautiful. And I hope that the two of them, sh- uh, I- I- it sounds like they share a, a beautiful love mm-hmm. and that their marriage will be fruitful, provide them with many heirs. <laughs> Um, Many heads of cattle. <laughs> I believe, uh, based on the opening titles of WKRP in Cincinnati, there's a cool fountain in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can oh, do some wedding sure. pictures there, right? Those would be great. It's a big fountain. Oh, you know who lives in uh, Cincinnati? Nick Lachey. Travis McElroy. <laughs> He's a Cincinnatian, I believe. You guys should see Nick if you Lachey. can find <laughs> I think he's a Cincinnatiite. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cincinnati. Um, and... I was going to say Travis McElroy's dog, Buttercup. Oh, yeah. I would try and get Buttercup in the wedding. If that would I be were great. You. Yeah, maybe she could carry the ring or something. Yeah. Maybe officiate. Yeah. Okay. So hit us with that. Hit us with that man and wife shit. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. Guys, just go do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just go and, do it. Don't wait till it. Just do it. And now people are doing like titanium rings. That's cool. People are doing like oh, fucking yeah? rings, like yeah. stone and stuff. Yeah. Try think about doing get a cool some stone ring. rings. Yeah, get some stone rings, man. Yeah, like a stone ring made from titanium. Mm. If 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 you didn't go with the points, just go ahead and look for those. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just look for look, go out in look various for the tungsten that's <laughs> under your house. Yeah. Okay. Two zero six nine eight four four fun is our number. We'll, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Co. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick Repeat Adams. Five hundred episodes, Jordan. We laugh and we joke every week on this program, Jordan Jesse Go. But if I if I can. Beg your uh, forgiveness in being maudlin for a moment. Sure, please. Um, it is. I'll just uh, be over here reading this n- nudie Mexican comic book. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is that even an illusion? <laughs> there's, there's nudie Mexican comic books. Right. Yeah. It's like That's it. It's just a Yeah, you're, it's like something you're, you know, back, but you're something your older brother would get when, you know, you went to Tijuana <laughs> right. on spring break and bring back some nudie Mexican comic books. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, we've, we, I, I, it is astonishing that we've made 500 of these things, but, um, I'm I'm glad to be here. We're glad to have you here with us, Nick. I'm glad that Brian Fernandez is back from London, and um, I can say sincerely that I am I'm so proud of our dumb show. <laughs> I'm so proud that uh, I'm so proud that we get to come and do this every week, and I'm I'm so glad and look forward every week to coming and seeing you, Jordan, and uh, getting to laugh at something amazing that you say. And, uh, this is, uh, Jordan Jesse goes one of the great joys of my life. And it's been, uh, a steady, a steady drumbeat for 11 years that makes my life so much richer and so much better. And, uh, I'm so grateful to, uh, both the guy in Portland and the guy in Portland, Maine. Who sure. And the guy from the comic book shop in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, all three of you mm-hmm. have really uh, – we're, we're so grateful that you make it possible for us to do this, uh, to do this dumb thing. Um, so th- thanks, to, thanks to you guys and especially thanks to you, Jordan, for, for being a pal and, and making this show over these many years. It's like – it's the, a- absolutely the – I mean, it's probably better than my children. It's probably the best part of my life overall. It's right up there. There will be pretty so far. Yeah. No, this is such a it's such a joy to do, and it's so amazing that uh, we can still do it. It's like this is not a kind of show that should exist. Yeah. It's like if we wanted to start a rock band. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can yeah. you imagine such a thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just you know, it's a it's it's a it's a dumb non-format, and there's no reason for it to exist other than that 
people like it and we like doing it. So, yeah, thank you so much to everybody who listens. And, uh, yeah, and to you, Jesse, for keeping doing this despite the fact that you have many other podcasts. Uh, Oh, I thought you were just going to say despite the fact that uh, we didn't make any money at all. It was my sole means of support for like 10 years. Sure. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you have many other podcasts and a a family. And I'm sure if there's – if you're looking at a list of things to – ditch to make your life a little bit easier i'm sure there's a world where this is pretty high up there so it's uh it's very cool that we can still get together and do this and uh fuck man nick you're always great on the show oh, i thank uh, you it's so nice of you to come in and and uh, you know i know our guests don't listen except for steve ag so i'm gonna say a big thank you to recurring guest steve ag and steve if you see uh chris fairbanks and allison becker and robin Thede out there and all the other people who karen keep coming Kolgarif. karen colgariff and all the other people who come on this uh dumb show despite it not doing anything for their careers uh we appreciate it and yeah thanks so much for listening we we like doing it and we hope to do it for a long time more and a special thank you i want to give a special thank you to the one guy who came up to al madrigal in a comedy club once and told him how much he enjoyed him appearing on jordan jesse go that has made al think that this is a popular show ever since (laughs) sure yeah um yeah Thanks for thanks for 500 great episodes and and thanks for supporting us. It, it means so much to us and uh, our our special thanks this week to Brian Fernandez back on the boards. Um, you know we've been working with Brian now on Jordan Jesse Go for years and uh, worked with him for years years before that since he was a, a ridiculous goober who showed up from <laughs> uh, a weird Christian college that he didn't graduate from somewhere near. Aptos mm-hmm. um, and showed up at my door in Koreatown and, and uh, we literally we were literally like we like this guy but Teresa and I had a meeting about whether we should hire him for an unpaid job and uh, sat him down and said like we just need to make sure you're not like mental or anything <laughs> <laughs> this is like the cutscene at the beginning of a Tomb Raider video game yeah. <laughs> Um, so thank, our, our thanks to Brian, who's such a huge part of uh, making this show uh, what it is, which is to say divisive and <laughs> substantially alienating. Sure. <laughs> um, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. La, la, la. To be young and free, run to the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go and guest. This is Sarah from Rochester, New York. This is Alan calling from Savannah, Georgia. Tim from Iowa. Alex from Texas. Anthony, I'm from Ohio. Morgan in Portland. Masha from San Diego. Scarlett from London. This is Rachel. Kids, Dr. Dave calling from Indiana. I started listening to Jordan Jesse go 10 years ago. I can't believe I've been listening to this dumb show for so long. When I was 17. Since it was the untitled Thorne Morris Project. Started listening to you guys and I just couldn't stop. And you guys were the very first podcast that I downloaded. The very first podcast I listened to. You guys have been like friends to me who ride home with me every Monday night from work. But I actually love my Monday morning commute because I get to laugh my ass off with JJ Go. You guys have been with me for a decade now and uh, you've gotten me through a lot of highs and lows through my life. In that decade, I've lived in four countries. Through momentous occasions, you can track my personal growth through the last three years. 
I've had surprisingly 18 different jobs. The show has just been this great through line in my life. Uh, I've been married and divorced. Without you guys, I would have never gotten through grad school. And last month I started my first semester of law school. Jordan and Jesse Go provided me with friends when I first needed them at university. I lost a girlfriend and a job in my apartment all within a month. And the first time that I remember laughing or having a good time again is with me, Jordan and Jesse Go. You've also been with me when I decided to start drawing and making my own comic. Uh, without JJ Go and Max Fun, I would not have met my boyfriend. But I'll never forget the first time I held my newborn daughter as I looked at a painting of Tyrese penetrating the blowhole of a killer whale. This is how you boys have touched me. Great, like, warm blanket of comfort and weirdness and acceptance. Almost restored my faith in cis, heterosexual white men. And Jordan Jesse Go has been there through a lot of dark times for me. Every single week, no matter how I'm feeling otherwise, your bullshit and penis jokes mean that I get at least one hour of crying from laughing and not from the, the pain of being alone. You guys are just so special to me. So it's the thing I look forward to most on Mondays. The reason, one of the reasons I get up in the morning is to listen to you guys and to laugh. Happy 500th episode, Jordan Jesse Gill. I wouldn't trade this fandom for anything in the world. Uh, I love you guys, sincerely. Keep it up. Thanks, JJ Gill. Congrats. Even on the worst of days, it can always bring a smile to my face. So thanks so much, you guys. Here's to another 500. Happies forever. I love you. You and kiss you and love you. 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 Love you.